the new Parkway Theater, where good food, diverse entertainment, and community create a place for everyone. For showtimes and special events, check out www.thenewparkway.com. You are listening to High School 510, where sports and comedy remain some features. I would have been the testicles in that day. Next time I tell my uncle send you Save the testicles. Test, I mean, I'm serious. Say that. Say that. Serious testicles. Oh, you know I ate them shirts. I, I ate a testicle with your ass there one time. Oh, I heard about y'all. Go testicle. <laughs> yeah, go his, his, his raw. Mine's was cooked a little bit. Great great cooked a little bit. <laughs> I should have known when he came out the kitchen after a minute. <laughs> that, it was after cooked. After eating man. his, it was not cooked all the way, man. That middle was that middle was not cooked. So Jesus, the outside was cooked and seared. It was good I goat had a seared man. goat nut. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was seared on the It had spices, man. raw. It still yeah. had hair on it. Salute the vagina. It still had some hair on it. Hey, bro. So my question is, what is the best testicle you had? <laughs> <laughs> star someone got to be a star so i i figure it might, if someone got to be a star it might as well be me i'm i'm like the bobby brown of this podcast and jared's route transfer right he over here lead singing he doing all the editing the new edition and you know i'm like bobby brown no nah, these are singers he oh, was they were in the same group yeah they're in the same group yeah. and you know jared over here lead singing cool it now and and, and all all the kitty songs meanwhile, meanwhile i'm ready just I'm, 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 dude my testosterone building up I'm getting bigger, I'm getting stronger, you know, I'm getting older, and I'm ready you're to start, ready, you know, humping to, around. You're ready to turn a five-star girl into a crack hump. It's, exactly. That's how much I'm ready to hump around. I'm ready to hump around, and Jared hey, over did, here mad at how me much of talking about listening to our Is that Bobby's... Um, it was hers. He was, was an alcoholic. Her. She was the drug addict. I heard, yeah, I thought she went crazy. Yeah, she was the... She, he never did drug until he met her. Yeah. He was a. He they was an alcoholic. He drank. Way. They were painting it the other way. Yeah. She she already did drugs. She did weed. She smoked weed. She did everything else. Mm. He and she introduced drug to his life. Oh. So they claim. Oh, Bobby. No, Bobby. Bobby would drink and have sex with everybody. He was a degenerate. He was a degenerate. Degenerate. See, I'm. I'm and that's a, what happened. She was a classy drug user, but she met Bobby. Well, she was classy. She knew yeah. how to use it. She used the professional drugs. Neither one of them knew how to crossfade. That's the problem. Neither oh. one of them knew how to crossfade. <laughs> and once they started crossfading, it was all downhill for both of them. Because then they said they would just fight. Dude, you never saw that documentary? Dude, they were, ordered, they were ordered the craziest shit to eat in the middle of the night. Craziest shit to eat in the middle of the Before night. Before there was even apps to get this shit. Right? No, yeah, they would send their people out. They would send people out, and they never. And Whitney was weird. She never just like, I'm in the mood for pizza. She was like, you know what? I want pizza, this and this, Oysters and hot wings. And I mean, this is before pizza and hot wings came together. So you just see, like, the people have to basically go to four different places and bring the shit yeah. in at two in the morning while they drinking and smoking Debauchy and doing everything else. She really? was just good at hiding it. Let me tell you, it wasn't that she was good at hiding it. Clive Davis was a genius on how he cleaned her up. She mm. was from the hood. Mm. She's from New Jersey now. And not a nice part of New Jersey. She wasn't from no Orange or no other shit like that. Fucking Irvington? Could have been from Fort Lee or Patterson. She was from one of those places. And the thing is, is that she fit the picture. She fit everything. 
But no, the, everyone always gives like Bobby brought her down. No, she was hood. She was from Newark. Enough said. Mm. But getting back to my analogy, where I'm Bobby Brown. In fact, what was the name of that other guy? Uh, Ralph Tresvant. New edition. New edition. It was. But they new were edition. like little kids back then. I mean, they got a little. Yeah, yeah. They started yeah. like little kids. They started off as kids. They were like teens. And yeah. so, and, and Ralph Transplant was the lead singer, and Bobby Brown was ready to erupt. But that was I'm the not, name. that don't mean I'm leaving the podcast, Jared. That's just me saying that I'm ready to erupt. I'm ready to come out with Don't Be Cr- Girl, I worked so hard for you for nine to five. All right, well, should we start the show? I thought we did start the show already. <laughs> no, we ain't started the show yet. All right, well, let's start the show. Uh, Jay Zeus. I need a letter. Man, Jesus or Jesus. What, what's this Jesus shit, man? Oh, Jesus. I don't know where he Fucking me up. Jesus. I'm going to fucking correct you through this fucking show with that bullshit. Call me Jesus, bro. But Jesus is... Fuck. <laughs> Call me Jesus, Jews, Jesus, but Jesus. Is that something? Is that a Miami thing? I don't know, man. It's, it's definitely not a Miami thing. What? What's not a Miami thing? What, the Jesus thing? Jesus. Nobody says Jesus, bro. <laughs> really? Those are your Jesus. own stereotypes of fucking shit, dude. Nobody's ever. Gabriel Jesus. They you say. You never heard Jesus ever said in your life, right? Dude, never. Dude, there's a Brazilian Jesus soccer you player. <laughs> You're special, that's why. Because you are. Are you talking about the soccer player? Yeah, we already went over this. We already went there over this. There is one soccer player named Gabriel Jesus. But, it, the, but he's Brazilian, so. But it's still, it must be some weird ass motherfucker. It's still Jesus though. saying his it's, name. It's still Jesus. They're Jesus. fucking his name up. The the commentators are fucking up the guy's name. <laughs> you know, I've never heard people call Jesus Jesus Jesus. I think it's actually kind of tight, dude. You you one of the few. You one <laughs> of the, you're, you are so like it's tight, thing. dude. <laughs> call me Jesus. Fuck that. Well, you know, as long as it's not Jose. <laughs> You'll take you that better. You don't like Jose? Yeah, I think that Jose. Anyways. Go, go ahead and ask for your letter. Call me Jesus, bro. I'm okay with Jesus. Jesus. Oh, what the <laughs> fuck, bro? He may have a whole new That's a whole That was with a Z-H, Jesus. Jesus. You might not even know, but it's going to look bad on you, dude. You can't even say that. And he's talking about me not listening to the show to see how I sound. Jesus. And you better hope he listens. I'm here giving you lessons upon my name. This is the second podcast. I'm here giving you a lesson before we start. Oh, my God. Hey, I need a letter. Jesus, like G, like a G. Jesus, how about that? G. Just keep it tradi- English, old English tradition. Jesus, G, G, G. force. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Would be better if he say Jesus. Jesus, uh, just Jesus, bro. Gongs, Gildebrands, Golden, G E Z, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Groping, grouses, growing, gleefully, grounded. Because grouses don't fly, I don't believe. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the High Score 510 podcast. You can catch us on High Score at High Score 510 on the Instagram, YouTube, and the Twitter. Uh, check us out. We got a new little video up there on the YouTube and the Instagram and whatnot. Uh, you can also listen to us on any streaming platform. And if you're listening to us right now, 
That means you're on one of those platforms. Or you can always go to thehighscore510.com and you can listen to and download any episode of our content on there. And we are here with... Uh, this is Aaron Grayson III, also known as AG3. I'm coming at you faster than Twitter, suspending Jared for calling uh, black people basketball Americans. People took to the streets to celebrate the return of their king. Oh, shit, my nigga MLK! Ha, <laughs> ha! Hey, what's up, folks? Hey, that kind of dream shit was off the chain, nigga. That's how I would speak to him. Okay, if he was around, I see. <laughs> Just know that. And we are also here with... Hey, Seuss. Just keep it simple so you can get it right. So Jerry hit it right. You, gotta, <laughs> you, can't, you can't even go deep into it. Yeah, you might, you might forget gotta, it. You might get distracted. You might forget it, dude. Is it Seuss or Jesus? I'm fine with Jesus. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My second time here. Good to be back. King Mania was at a fever pitch when on August 1st, 2001, Martin Luther King presented Video of the Year with Puffy at the MTV Video Music Awards. I love you, MLK! Well, you know, Puffy, like you, I can't stop. I won't stop. I don't even know how to stop. <laughs> I remember that show. That episode. Uh, that was a great episode. It was a great <laughs> episode. Take that, take that, take that. <laughs> Probably kill. Take that, take that. That was crazy. I love you, MLK. And my name is Jared, a.k.a. DJ Art, with two T's for a double dose of that Tink Tink. The D is silent, so it's just Jart. Also, shout out to Tink Tink, sponsorship. Damn, Chin. Some greasy shit. You ain't got no better food, like some chicken wings, some baby back ribs, some fries or something. Chinese food, no soul food here. I didn't say nothing about no soul food. I said you got some better food. I don't want that greasy shit. How you gonna sell a big box of grease? I'm chili out what? Come on. I'm no punk bitch. I ain't no punk bitch neither. Oh my God. <laughs> Shout out to Chinese New Year's sponsorship. But it is also MLK Day this weekend. We are recording on a MLK Day weekend. Happy MLK Day, guys. Shout out, sponsorship. Oh, shit. You guys, I just wanted to, I thought we'd go around the table and share our greatest memory of MLK we all had. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got one, right? The greatest memory of MLK. Mine's actually happened on MLK Day, would you believe? Yeah, what was that? Uh, 1994, MLK Day, January 94, senior high school. I get woken up at like 5 in the morning by this massive earthquake. You know, when you live in California, well, Jesus, I know you from Juicy, from, uh, you from <laughs> Florida, so you haven't been in a lot of earthquakes. When you've been around them a while, you usually just sleep through, or you wake up and say, okay, you'll feel how much is shaking, and you say, this one ain't working, not a bad for it, and you roll back over and go to sleep. Some of them, you, you'll stay awake and wait till the rolling stop, and you're like, okay, now I go to sleep. But this one didn't stop. I woke up, and I was like, okay, let's wait for this. Oh, shit, it's not stopping. It's getting stronger. So I got up, and I tried to jump to the doorway, and hit my head on the on the door, oh which I had a glass mirror on, right? <laughs> and so I'm lying there on the ground. I hear my mama yelling, yelling, baby, baby, baby. I'm like, what the fuck? Mom's coming there yelling, baby, where are you? And I'm like, I'm down here, mom. You know, she did typical, you know, African-American mother thing. Uh, what you doing on the ground? You know, asking, <laughs> asking, asking ridiculous questions. 
And I'm like, I bump my head. She's like, come on, we got to go. Let's go. Get up. We go on the table. So she, so I grab her hand. And it's still shaking. This is my senior in high school, 17 years old, still shaking. And I'm like, Mom, I think I broke the glass because I'm feeling all this, like, um, I'm hearing plastic snap and all that. And it's dark because it's dark. It's like, it's shaking. And then she's yelling, move, Aaron. Talk to my dad. And she's like, pushing, move. Get out the way. We got to go to the table. Get on the table. Move. It's the door slam closed. Why she came in the room and she oh she it's so dark she thought it was my father she pushing the door I'm like mommy the door's closed oh yo 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 your dad is built like a like a door wow. Dude, my dad was he was already gone I don't know where he ran <laughs> I think he ran to a door frame <laughs> came to find out I didn't break the mirror those are all my cassette tapes got moved pushed oh, around and they're on the ground that I was crunching on the great thing about that Martin Luther King blessing me because I had a final in a class that my math class algebra that I wasn't algebra one of the upper division algebra I wasn't gonna pass. And Miss Navarro, we had me and my friends had saying no one ever passed her finals. Schools were shut down for over two weeks because all the oh damage in LA. Um, Wait, how old are you when this happened? Seventeen. Yeah. It was a senior year of high school. How you going to jump and hit your head, nigga? I, cause I, you ain't been through enough earthquakes to know. <laughs> I, was, I was through enough to know that usually you don't do nothing. That was finally a big one. Aaron was over here like Chet Hanks. Wake up this morning and see the thing tunnel. 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 <laughs> it's a tunnel. I had to jump and I hit my head. Dude, dude because you used. That was the biggest. That's one of the biggest ones, man. And I wasn't used to one being that big. Uh, and so Martin Luther King blessed me, though, because they couldn't fail you after that. Help me out, man. That 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 earthquake secured my future. All right. Mom's got a new gate, so I have to worry about the dog running around because she's the FEMA money on that. <laughs> That's yeah. my Martin Luther King memory. You guys shouting out to FEMA? Big up, big up. Come on. <laughs> this guy comes out with this story. How are we gonna live up to that one? You know I what I mean? Couldn't like wait to say the last story. Yeah. Like, Jared always had me go first. I like to have Eric go first. Jared oh, always liked like me going first. That's hard. <laughs> See, I told you he Ralph Transfin. I'm Bobby Brown. Jesus Christ. He be trying to get my verse out the way so he can <laughs> he have the last verse. In, I, Wow. <laughs> See, Jesus, you caught up in the middle of a, of a cool analysis. Yeah, I'm in the, car in the middle of this shit, and I'm, <laughs> I'm getting my ass whooped here in the middle of this shit. I think, I think my best story, memory of Martin Luther King is the fact that I had it off. I'll see. Of course, you're being taught about Martin Luther King, but you quickly know yeah. who that is when you got the day off, so you're like extra praise, like, hey. But I remember thinking, how come we got a day of Martin Luther King and not of Malcolm X? That made me ponder. And then when I was like 10 years old or so, was it 10 years old when that movie came out? I think I was 10 or 12. When Malcolm X came out? The Malcolm X movie by Spike Lee. Oh, you was older than that. But I saw that movie and then I was like, okay, now nah, this makes sense why <laughs> they weren't celebrating Martin, Ma Malcolm X's <laughs> birthday in Florida. <laughs> yeah. It came out in 92. 92. You were 14? 14? No, I was, I, was, I was 16, so you was 15. 15, okay, yeah. Uh, just to let you know, Jared, that quake was a 6.7. No, that's, that's solid. That's, that's solid. solid. It was the same as the Loma, Especially if Loma Prieta was 6.9. So Loma Prieta was 12 seconds. That Northridge one that I went through was 20 seconds. Or I guess my greatest MLK story was probably the Oratory Fest they used to have in elementary school. The MLK Oratory Fest. They'd always have it every January. It was a big deal. It seems like it's less of a big deal nowadays. Maybe it was just my school. I've never or, heard of it. I've been working here. Yeah, the kids, you could do uh, inspirational kind of civil rights speech you could write your own speech you could you know and you get up there and it was an honor and homage to the civil rights movement um so that was one i never and won you, though you I never went there, but won. you had the aspirations to well i always get up there but i didn't I, I didn't find my voice on how to how to talk and speak in that way uh until oh. i got a little older 
Um, but the other one, the other the gift of MLK Day is not really found on MLK Day. It was found once I got real good internet in college. You know, because my parents were, were cheap. And they didn't want to pay for internet when I was in high school. So we had dial-up. So dial-up was like real bad, real bootleg. When I got to college, I was able to download anything I wanted. I was able to have fast internet that wouldn't take a minute or two to upload a web page. Nonetheless, if I was going to download a song by Avant back in 2000, it was or 2001, it was going to take overnight, right? So instead, I was able to, you know, got to college. They had that T1, whatever, internet, yeah. pretty fast. You know, I'd be downloading multiple things, you know, LimeWire, Morpheus, shout-out sponsorship. And one thing I did was I downloaded a bunch of different MLK speeches that were on there. I would, like, listen to MLK speeches, like old MLK mm. speeches when I would go to bed. Just have that shit on in the background. It's actually kind of, like, kind of interesting. You hear, like, the ambient noise, people in the crowd, you he know. He was a great speaker. That's great speaker, very good speaker. His cadence and his and his tone was was reverent and, 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 and inspiring in certain ways, but also like very like slow and calming to varying degrees. Yeah. So I was able I would fall asleep listening to that motherfucker uh, on a frequent basis. So shout out to MLK. You try that tonight. Sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Try that tonight. Yeah, I ain't gonna ask MLK for a sponsorship. Dude. What? What? Oh, my bad. <laughs> Not even alive. In news this week, Akon. Got a billion dollar credit line from a Chinese government or a company so that he can purchase his own city in Senegal. Wow. <laughs> I, I want to know this. And I saw that damn. article. I read the article. And I was thinking, damn, damn, are, damn. Are, is he buying a city that already exists or just some empty right. ass land? I have no idea. I'm I'm, it didn't say it. I, re- I read the article and I tried to find. I was like, I wanted to see on the map. I wanted to see something. I'm trying to figure out. Is he just buying some projects and be like, this is my new city? This is my <laughs> new city, man. Uh, but he's Marcy. the right person to give it to, right? He's donated a ton of money to Africa. What he's done, yeah, a, he's done yeah, a lot he's, of work. To, he's done more work in Africa than, than anybody else. Yeah, the only person that's done more work for the black community is Rachel Dolezal. The only the only person in Africa that's done more work for Africa is Idi Amin. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you didn't say good work. You just say work. <laughs> He did a lot of work. He was putting in work. You gonna forget the your bullets cost money. You're lucky half of your listeners don't know who that guy is. You gonna forget? You gonna forget? <laughs> How you gonna forget about your boy uh, General Bud Naked though? <laughs> Jesus, y'all! I can't believe I forgot about my boy. That is the the fighters who used to fight naked. <laughs> You know, you know, you know that. You know who that was. How's Jerry know this stuff, man? The boy, General. Hey, man, that was the greatest documentary you ever seen. Shout out to General Bud Naked sponsorship. Come on our show. Jesus. My boy, Balahi. It's interesting. I found it interesting. Like, Akon's been very philanthropic and been doing a lot of work to help, you know, hopefully, like, deal with, like, uh, was it disease and lack of resources in Africa? He's really trying to help. Was it the Africa summits or whatever? I've seen him speaking at those and, like, said some really, like, good shit. It, like, seems like he's well-educated and, like, pretty fucking smart. I'm surprised not just, he hasn't gotten shot, too, Yeah. Right? Well, you know, it's one of those things where, like, the, the only thing that they would want you to believe about Akon is a couple of those songs he did and then him throwing that white girl off stage. But <laughs> other than that, like, you know, it's like they don't tell you about all the other shit he's doing. And that's yeah. why he's been kind of out of the music game or, like, mm-hmm. a lot less, you know, prevalent in, like, the American uh, music game. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's cool to see him... You know what I'm saying? He got a billion dollar credit line from China. From China. My boy. Shout out. Well, well, I don't know. Hey, dude, you can't trust China. There's a lot of Fai Chinese Choi. money in Africa right now. A lot of Chinese money in Africa. Man, yeah. we don't want to get started on Darfur and what happened to all that. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of shit going on. There's a lot of crazy shit going on. No, but that's really weird that China gave him a credit line. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll lend out money as long as they get some money back. They gonna own. They gonna but own most of that city. But is it just about money? About lending money? Because look at the history with the World Trade um, Bank and the way they get people in 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 in, in debt and mm-hmm. they control you like that's that. The, and that's so the whole if anything, point. They yeah. might give him this money to shut his ass up. Well, they, they are. Yeah. Are to control are to control that city or if it was an already city. Mm-hmm. Akon. Shout out sponsorship. Hook us up a little bit of that money so we can, you know, be owned by a Chinese government and hopefully, you know, oh, uh, you know, make make something off this podcast. You know, like, you're part Chinese, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Shout out, Gung Hei Fa Choi, nigga. Chinese. Supposed to be Chinese New Year coming up. You have yeah. Chinese 50 50 No wonder you be looking very exotic. Like Formula Fifty. That 50 cent that grape cent drink. Vitamin water. That, that was the best one. That was the only one that had flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Tasted straight like grape juice. Yeah, it had a little Kool-Aid in it. <laughs> uh, 50 cent, that formula 50. 50, 50. Yeah, um, I remember that. In other news, uh, 23andMe has sold um, the rights to a pharmaceutical drug. It's supposed to be an anti-inflammatory drug, but they sold it to a Spanish uh, pharmaceutical company derived off the DNA that they've been collecting from all the people who use 23andMe. And they sold our... Well, you know, it's it's funny because when when I was going to do it and then I read all the shit that it said and I was like, dude, I'm basically giving up my DNA for them to use. Of course, what you think it was. Yeah, fuck that. I'm not doing this. I've never done that shit. No, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I didn't do it. I didn't even order it at that point. I just read that shit. Jerry, you did it though, right? I did it. My brother gave it to me as like a holiday gift. He's like, hey, figure out our DNA. I was like, thanks, bro. They're going to know me. I can't commit no crimes now. It doesn't yeah. matter. My hair ends up everywhere anyways. So, yeah. It's, oh, it's actually uh, Armoral. <laughs> it's a Spanish pharmaceutical company, and uh, they sold the rights to them. It's one of those things where it's, 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 a fine, it's a fine line. Like, people are paying for 23andMe, right? And there's services of them breaking down and doing genetic markers and saying historically where you came from or potentially, like, mm. they, 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 they send you emails and Which updates. Which they really can do. Well, they send emails saying like, "Hey, like you probably came from like this tribe in this area or in this region of the world." Um, they also can tell you like, uh, based upon your DNA, like certain maybe like medical like predispositions or whatnot. But people are paying for this, but the, and then know, they're they're making way more money off of what you're paying for and giving to them to then develop drugs do, and but sell all it. That, but all that ancestry stuff. Um, through the jack your track your genetic it's all bs you think it's all Cause bs yeah because look because the way genetics can can work is if you're part black or part white and if you have i mean your father's side of the family has a a certain gene that traces them back to india and then your mom has a certain gene that traces back to like let's say afghanistan and then y'all get together you know it could it could seem like your family's from a certain tribe of Pakistan because they have the same genetic makeup as someone from India and Afghanistan. You understand? Mm-hmm. That's like if I make a, a soup and it has a, a black bean soup and it has garlic, black beans, and green pepper. Just because I put a black bean soup together with garlic and green pepper doesn't make it a Cuban black bean soup. Percentage-wise, like I was like 35% African, over 50% Asian because somebody else might have had some Asians. I don't know, some line. Slightly over 50% Asian, but then um, in like 12% like European. And it it said the regions where the markers hit. So so it's interesting to see like the lines of probably where the different peoples that interacted came Mm -hmm. through to then create you is what it does. And then there's that whole Silk Road 
that went from China all the way yeah. to Turkey. Like, yeah. That was a big melting pot. People have been mixing for a while yeah. mm -hmm. for this like genetic testing come up and say, oh, you're Afghanistan and you're Pakistan, you're whatever, whatever. Yeah. They just like, out there trying you know, to make some that money. That Silk Road thing has been happening for like almost like the beginning of human history. Well, I think that's tight, though. That's one of the cool things is like that's as we learn about different uh, anthropologists and different civilizations that lived and like how they like what their movements were, what mm -hmm. their trade routes were and how they interacted with other countries or communities that weren't these countries at the time mm. that's even more like context to build into yeah. that if you have both those but you know we have we have a very rigid understanding of our countries and and our histories that only go back and, so and, so far and, that's why you gotta watch ancient aliens of course yeah shout out sponsorship <laughs> which um i think that ancient alien is racist in a lot of ways because it's trying to discredit people of color are building actually things. building things yeah saying some aliens came oh, they ain't even yeah. get, see Jerry you ain't ever hit that angle man you over here giving Already. all these aliens credit nah man you know the pyramids were built from the top down yeah, see, to begin yeah. with I got them ignorant niggas trying to talk you to know, me in college like that. to begin with I'm gonna tell you this dude from my African side I'm gonna tell you this Jerry you give me about 15 Hebrews and I'll go out there and build a small version of the pyramids <laughs> Hey, man, you give me uh, six to ten, six or ten cheerleaders, and I'll build you a pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but mine's got to be Hebrews. Hey, uh, hey well, but, but what I'm trying to say is, like, corporations, we can't trust them. That was one of the, my first contentions with ancient aliens. Like, I took it as, like, an offense. Like, they're discrediting what all these ancient civilizations of, of black and brown people did, right? And these accomplishments of engineering, these accomplishments. That they of, still can't do to this day. They Yes. Yeah. But... <laughs> But but what it was like when I watched it and I watched it more and more, I like I got past that because it wasn't saying that they didn't do it. It wasn't saying that the work wasn't done by the people. Mm. It was saying that they were helped out in understanding and developing their understanding of the mathematics that went into it and the engineering that went into it, or maybe were given some technologies to help mm. them, you know, saying facilitate it being done. Because today they're like, how do they cut kind these kind stones? Of like a certain China way. helping Akon, right? Because, <laughs> no, no, when you think about it, like, you think about, like, it, it, throughout Europe, throughout Asia, throughout Africa, throughout Latin America, throughout the Americas, throughout all the continents, there's these structures and monoliths and things that were built, um, pyramids, all around the globe, around the same time, and it's like, either... Either you're buying into the fact that we all evolved at the same rate, de devoid of our environments, being network, different. And some network of communication that we're not aware well, of. Well, no, no. It's, it's, uh, there, maybe that there was a network of communication that, was, that everyone speaks of God's coming down from the skies is something that is like a constant, right? But the other thing is, are you nature or nurture? Are you some combination of both? If you're going to say that, hey, human beings all started evolving at different on these different constants at the same time, around the same time, and we all, all evolved at the same pace to where basically we figured out a certain geometric plan of, of uh, pyramids at the same time, to where we all decided to start building pyramids around the same time on different continents, then you're saying that you are all nature. That's fine. If you think it's all nature, is this how we evolved? We evolved sociologically, we evolved uh, mathematically and, and engineering-wise, mm. and mentally as social creatures, all in the same like route. Doesn't matter the environment. Yeah. The environments had no indication, no, no effect on that. And that's where I'm like, I don't believe that. The first few times I watched it, I was like, this is a racist-ass show, saying the Native Americans or the people in South America, Native Americans, or 
the Asians or in Africa, they, they couldn't have done these things. Or people in the Middle East couldn't have done these things without somebody, you know, doing it for them. Mm. But well, as I, like, watch the shows and watch these episodes, they're not saying that they came down and did the work for them and took yeah, that yeah. away. They're saying that they, ga- they came down and gave them the information and the, or helped along with the knowledge for them to then still be able to do that. Mm. And maybe provided them with and certain that, forms that of technology. Some have the mythology. Yeah. Like the Zulus. Um, like, how do they cut the stones? How do they cut the blocks to be able to move, like, certain yeah. stones? Like, some of those stones, they're like, this would be a very difficult thing to do right now, and you would need high-powered machinery and big queries of this, that, and the other. And this area does not have that stone. The other thing is, if you look at re- religious context, and this is me, we'll get off the ancient aliens tip in a minute. But, <laughs> but the ancient aliens thing, like, I can believe that just as much as I believe any religion. Mm. Because most religions have a certain theme, which is... A god, a supernatural being, a extraterrestrial, not of this Intervening. earth, came yeah. down and interacted, taught us something, gave us something, mm. interacted with the peoples. That's what mm. they always said, and they described it in different ways based upon their environment. You know, some people said it was a, some people called it a dragon, some people called it a crow, some people called it you know a chariot of fire. Different things came down and they interacted with us, but. That would make sense. Or it could be time travelers. Some people believe it's time travelers. Come on, man. Oh, don't get me started with time travelers. Shout out to Ancient Aliens. Sponsorship. Come on our show. Yeah. Real talk. So you don't believe in Ancient Aliens, though? No, I I, I do. If anything, I'll I'll rely more on that information than these pharmaceutical drug companies owning rights to genetic. Genetic property. That that was really part of your body. Don't do it. Don't get no ancestry. Especially right, if I'll you're a it. person of color, don't do it. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll come out with a, with a, with a drug that'll help me live till I'm 875 years old. I don't want to be live that long. You know, the hell I'm, with that. I'm trying to be like Dracula. <laughs> you hear that? Jesus. I just try, you know, I'm trying to keep my hairline as long as possible. I'm trying to, you know, do all the good yeah, shit. hairline. There's no worth living if you don't got no hairline. <laughs> forget the erection. Jerry's like, forget the forget erection. Forget the erection. I'll give me the hairline. hairline. Give me the hairline. <laughs> Yeah. with the hairline that's all I need that's all I need as long as people say I look good this hairline look good it's oh. yeah. yeah give me the erection too give me the erection for 837 years I'll be fine yeah. you got six hour erection oh yeah man I, want, I ain't trying to I'm trying to get some of that deer meat and some of that uh, watermelon like Aaron and uh, be good for, for set for life just like a constant supply of that set for life after that an aphrodisiac no, I didn't take it as an aphrodisiac, but the shit just worked. <laughs> I was eating it because I was about to go work in the fields. Yeah, Aaron's Actually, I don't know. With an erection? You were working in the fields with an erection? Might as well have had an erection. He was, he was, he was you got a buck male deer meat yeah. you got? You should have eaten the testicles off that buddy. <laughs> didn't need Dang the testicles. Would've, you would have eaten the testicles, man. It. You would have been sleeping, waking up with the heart on every night. That sounded like if I had, if I, had I would have eaten the testicles on that guy. Next time I tell my uncle send you save the testicles. Test, I mean, I'm serious. Save, save Aces, ass, save ass serious. Aces testicles. Oh, you know I ate them shits. I, I ate a testicle with your ass one time. Good. Oh, I heard about y'all on that goat. Goat testicle. His raw. Mine was cooked a little bit. We no, cooked a little bit? Cooked. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known when he came out the kitchen after a minute. That, it was after cooked, eating his, It was not cooked all the way, man. That middle was not cooked. So, Jesus. The outside was cooked and seared. It was good I goat testicle, man. Goat nut. It was. <laughs> <laughs> we had a question uh, last week from uh, Coakland Crid of Instagram. He came out and asked us our top five West Coast hip hop artists. Actually, it was top ten West Coast hip hop artists all time, mm-hmm. um, and we reduced it to five. 
So we, we thought it'd be best to do our top five East Coast artists, not Dirty South, not Midwest, but East Coast or East Coast hip hop artists. Top of five all time. all time. All right. So we'll start with uh, Aaron. Yes. Go ahead, Aaron. Who are your top five, top five. East Coast hip hop artists all time? My top five all time, EPMD. That's five. Mm. I got EPMD. Great albums. Every album was a hit. Uh, they all went gold because, you know, albums didn't sell a lot, rap albums back then. Uh, Rock Him, very important. Growing mm. the greatest lyricist ever. Had that voice, too. My number three is Tribe Called Quest. Tri- a Tribe Called Quest. Uh, well, we said so, artist, right? Not group. That's no. a, Right? Is the question artist? I think I think you can you can a group can be an artist. It's an artist group, oh, okay. right? So yeah. I think I think that's fair. Because together they were tight together. Yeah. Even yeah. with Jerobi, you know, oh. and everybody and my boy Ali Shahid. I mean it was tight. Tribe called Quest, man. The greatest album, some of that. It's one thing I say I listen to each week is Tribe. Uh Nasus Two. Nasus mm-hmm. Two represent New York. Uh no one represents New York like Nas. His style is all New York. Like, ain't no, ain't no sellout, ain't no nothing. It's New York. Uh, number one, uh, not one of my favorite artists. I love his first album, Reasonable Doubt. Uh, Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt, my favorite, one of my favorite Jay-Z albums. I mean, he has some other albums I like. I got some mm-hmm. songs off the Blueprint here and there, some other songs. But Reasonable Doubt was my favorite album. But uh, he's there because he's just, you can't have this list without him. Not one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it was just favorite, it'd probably be either Gangstar or DMX in there. Mm-hmm. DMX, I like to tell you this. You know, the reason why he made a second album the way it was, The Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood, you realize he couldn't, none of those songs could play on the radio. Mm-hmm. He was upset that the first album, he felt like it got too commercialized and too radio play. That's why he came out with Flesh of My Flesh, when not one song could be played on the radio, and it was mm-hmm. tight. Remember that album came out like months after... <laughs> It felt like it was like six months after. So he didn't want album. nothing to be played on the radio. Was that his second album? His second album was Flesh of My Flesh, yeah. That's yeah. the one that he's like covered in blood. Covered in blood. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, shout out sponsorship. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Who you got? Uh, I have Rizza. Oh, by the way, Jesus is our, if you don't know, Jesus is our East Coast correspondent. That's that's why we're doing the East Coast. East Coast. He's our East Coast Caribbean correspondent. So he knows the entire East Coast better than we do. <laughs> He lived it. <laughs> he lived it. All right, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Lived Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Oh, I got to say RZA because, uh, you know, he's the one who created Hu-Tang. He was the mastermind behind it. And yeah. he's the one who's produced the be- the beats for the Hu-Tang. So if it weren't for RZA, there wouldn't be no Hu-Tang. So RZA. And I got to go with Tribe for sure. Mm-hmm. I thought this was like artists, so I was saying Q-Tip. Yeah. But, you know, try it. It's yeah. Because, you know, Q-Tip wouldn't have been able to do the stuff he did without the others. But, you know, for a long time, people didn't know how much he was producing uh, those albums. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't know that for a long yeah, time. Yeah, it came out in the, that, that documentary. Yeah, that he, I didn't he know He wouldn't that. put his name and taking credit for it. He put it down as a group effort. Yeah. He was I thought it was very production. humble and great of him. But when the laundry came out, he said it, you know. I'm the one producing all these al- all these hits, and yeah, I'm not taking credit beats. for anything. So you know, mm-hmm. and um, I would have to say Gangstar, because Guru and DJ Premier, mm-hmm. Timeless Beats, you know. 
And then KRS One, another one of mine, because he's the teacher. You know, his lyrics always been on point. And um, Cool Keith is my fifth one. Uh, is there a particular order? He's he's the fifth fifth best, or is he number one? Oh best? man, I don't know. That's kind of rough to put him in order. It's hard to put him in order. Hey, was Cool is Keith? A, was he also the bad villain? I'm not, no, no, he wasn't. No, I don't think Vic, so. he was. He was. Oh, he's not Victor Von Doom, MF Doom. No, the two he put Doctor Doom, but he wasn't MF Doom. No. Okay. Yeah, there's a difference. Yeah, he had over twelve aliases. Cool Keith. <laughs> Which both of them, Karis One and Cookie, were both from the Bronx. Yeah, but a lot of people sleep on Cookie. The bridge is over. But he's been around since '84. The bridge is over. The bridge is over. The bridge is over. It's a good list. Can you go back to over the list one more time? I would quick? say RZA, mm-hmm. Tribe Called Quest. Mm-hmm. And if I'm putting them in order, KRS One, then Cookie, and then Gangstar. Okay. For me, I'm gonna go with the Roots is number five. Ooh, yeah, that's um, good. I like their their okay. style, their flow, their kind of a live band. They're a band, yeah. yeah. That's their shit was tight to me. Even though like not like not everything was like a banger, it was like super tight. Like I could appreciate like the the fact that they were like they were putting together music and original and original, and their and the flow was always solid, and and the message always seemed to be quality. So I always appreciated them. My number uh, four would probably be uh, Nas. I don't really mm. listen to Nas too much. I like Nas a lot though. He's tight. Nas is cool. Um but uh but knowing like all yeah, all the songs that he did do and and some of the stuff that like you know, I just hear and like I know that song, but I don't I don't you know, I didn't really like buy the album, but I know that song and it's like an important song in my understanding of hip hop. Um Nas is number four. Number three would probably be Biggie. Mm. Biggie's tight. Uh, I always liked his stuff, but didn't like him more than Tupac, but he was tight. Biggie's good. People might be mad at me for that, but Biggie. Like, it, was, it was a hard list. Yes, yeah, a tough. List. East Coast had a, had a lot of artists, mm. a lot of artists. Yeah, so I would say Biggie's number three. Man, you around. you remember that that verse that he said that this girl was so fine that I'll suck, suck his dad's daddy's dick. dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know about that verse? Uh, from the first moment you know I seen you know yeah, I heard my life was a fix. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy as fuck. Yeah, you were so fine, I was sucking your daddy's dick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Trust me, that, that was one of the first times I bought in college was Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G., the first one. And I listened to that shit. <laughs> that shit was crazy, right? You hear that uh, shit and you're like, what When the I first hell? met you, yeah, I thought my life was a fix. This is so fine, I was sucking your daddy's dick. Yeah, yeah he always had verses that are, were like that. Mm-hmm. I got a story to tell. You, off you, about to, you about to match moment? Oh, I should know. You a whole cokehead out here, bro. Nigga, you gonna suck his daddy's dick for that? <laughs> Dude, that's what he said. Right. Not let his daddy suck his dick, but he was suck his daddy's I'll dick. Yeah, suck I'll suck dick. your dick. <laughs> She, she, she must have been that far. She, she I would, that you far. know what? That, I, I appreciate. I appreciate he took it to a level that most people wouldn't even, you know, be able to get. He get won't at. let you know. It was his first show. album too, so he was a hungry. Yeah, brother. he was. He was trying to get out there. I bet you all the old heads of hip hop were looking around and look at the white people were looking at them like. They're getting them some new niggas. You know? <laughs> they that'll suck some dick. Try drop bitch. some shit about Biggie you don't know. Not to cut you off, but I just had to say that. Because no, no, yeah. people don't know that about that verse from Biggie. Uh, that's funny. Marcy Projects. Marcy. Marcy Lala. Yeah, that's what Jay-Z found. Jay-Z is probably like not in my top ten. But anyways, number two on my list, Lauren Hill. Ooh, I yeah. thought about it, but then I thought she only had one album. Unless she you had, count her with the Fujis. She had the and Fugees. And that makes three. She had her her solo album that was like ridiculous. It was, it was ridiculous. It, it was did one of ridiculous. The ever. 
It, it, it was like it was worth, almost on Bobby Brown level. It, it was worth five Bobby Brown albums. That's what Damn, I was about to say. It was almost it was on worth, Bobby Brown. It was, oh man, Harry, it was the, the success of all five Bobby Brown albums barely even came Jesus within range Christ. of that I'm, success I'm of that album. I agree with Jared on that one. <laughs> I know I just said that just to fuck you guys, Jesus Jared, Christ. but I, just because Jared wasn't giving Bobby Brown credit. It was Bobby Brown don't the deserve level that much of her credit. singing and rapping. Oh yeah, no, 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 no! It's tight. It's tight. I went to see her in concert after she did made that album. She's tight. Before she started crying and after she went. Crazy crazy. Or no, as an artist though, she can flow. Her flow was tight. She could spit her. See, I also can't. That's a really good. I I, I slept on that. I no, I thought about it. My I, I, and I thought about Biggie, but I just thought they didn't compare it to all these other people who just got mad tight albums. I couldn't put them higher than them. And then people uh, with five albums. People with five albums. Yeah, I couldn't put them higher. That's why. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. No, I I, I get it. Like she but, didn't she didn't put out the amount of work, but. At the same time, the quality of her work was legit, and and for me, for sure. it plays to my you know for me in my formative time, it was it was some big shit. So that's what's why she is. I just want to that album was on the Billboard number one on Billboard too, just like Bobby Brown. <laughs> Don't be. Cool he's really hung this. up on this Billboard. I know thing, he's huh? Jock riding Bobby Brown. How long was it on Billboard number one for? Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. A, um, and then my number one. The greatest Haitian of all time. Oh, shit. Who's he going to say? <laughs> oh, shit. No, it's just, it shouldn't even be on the list. Dude. Who's he saying? The greatest <laughs> artist. I can't He's believe this, dude. Who's he going to say? Number one. He's overrated. He's overrated. He's overrated. Dylon, 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 and Dylon. Who got choked by Dylon? My boy, Wyclef Jean. Oh, Shout out, sponsorship. <laughs> Wyclef is your number one. That's his number one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> He must have left an impression on you with all those songs. Someone man. please call 911. Wow. Man, he had my, my girl Mary J. Blige out there singing, talking about shooting niggas. Man, that was a tight song. Fan mail. Fan mail. Fan mail. Fan mail. <laughs> it sounds like we ain't got no damn fan mail. We got some fan mail. <laughs> so the fan mail I have is... Coming from RCO2 on Instagram. Um, he wants to know, now that the scheme is cracked wide open, will most teams fold up their own cheating schemes resulting in a drop in upward offensive trends baseball has seen over the last couple seasons? To kind of summarize it, now that this scheme has been you know blown up in a big way, do you think that other teams whose forms of cheating haven't been discovered yet, do you think they're going to pack it up and not use it for a while, which is going to result in less offensive numbers in baseball? No, I think the offensive numbers will still be up there. I think the team, I'm not of the belief that everybody's cheating. Yeah. And, I mean, it's baseball. You're allowed to cheat a little bit. You're allowed to, if you're on second base, you can steal signs. You could do things like that. I mean, hell, you can steal a base. Right? Yeah. So cheating. <laughs> it's so called stealing. It's called stealing. So obviously it's allowed. <laughs> but they're not, they, you can't use technology. I think the teams that got caught have yeah. been the teams that, and that's the reason they won two World Series, have been successfully really butchering the system. Using way too much technology. Using technology How did they get in trouble, though? One of the right. former players uh, went on a, The Athletic and attested to the fact that the Astros were using recording systems to basically cheat. And he told it to reporters. They wrote a whole thing on it, and it basically got blown up. And then, Aaron, what did Jessica Mendoza come out and say? So Jessica Mendoza, who's former collegiate softball player, great analyst, great baseball analyst. She came out and said she was unhappy and very, very, she's uncomfortable with 
how the news came out. And her exact words were, it didn't sit well with me. It honestly made me sad to the sport that this is how it found out, that a player went to a journalist and told him about the cheating. She said, but it came from within. She said he benefited from the regular season when he was part of that team. And she was fine if he told his future teammates and helped them win. But she didn't like that he went public with it. Damn. So what do you think about that statement? I think she's confused. <laughs> That's how I'm putting it. Because yeah. he went public with him. When he went public, he said the reason he did it is because he's now he's on a different team. He's seeing like young players, pitchers trying to pitch, and they're getting blown up. But he knows the team's cheating, and he's like, mm. he's like, it's hurting these dudes' career and their money and their livelihood. Mm. So that's why he came out with it. Do you really think he's trying to protect the integrity of the game, the way he came out? Well, maybe not the integrity because he didn't come out when he was on that team. He yeah. came out. He came um, out a year later. I think he hit hard. him when he wasn't on that team no more. Yeah, yeah. he realized it. Like I was, um, I was reading this article um, a brother sent from the Great Falls Tribune. It's about the 150 year anniversary of uh, a massacre at uh, the Bear River massacre. Or they call it the Baker Massacre because it's General Baker, like, murders, like, a bunch of Blackfoot mm-hmm. Native Americans. The scout that was part of the regiment, because they had, the, Native, the Native Americans had killed a, a, a white trader that had raped a Native American woman. So they mm-hmm. killed him for that. And because they killed a white man, they sent out a, a group of uh, army to go find the, the subsect of that tribe that had killed the guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the scout that was out ahead and who had knew Native Americans and was like able to interact and could like tell who was who was like we've come upon like we came up to this camp or this this village and it's not the subject of that tribe it's not that branch mm-hmm. of the tribe it's another one this is somebody else who's actually like ally with us and basically the general was like fuck that let's we're kill tired. them all we're tired of yeah so they basically just massacred. Uh, over 200 people that were, mm. you know, in the middle of dead of winter. Um, and a couple of them survived. Like, one of the chief's daughter, like, was able to run off. Mm. Story said, like, the chief's daughter, like, and her little sister started running. The mom was like, run. And she grabbed her sister to start running. Her sister got shot and killed as she grabbed her. And then mm. her mom was like, go. And she ran and, like, dug in a cave at the bank of the river and hid for a day. Then a couple other people escaped. But more or less, the scout, who was like, this is not the right tribe, this is not who we should be shooting at. Like after, after the fact, like he felt guilt and remorse, so he adopted surviving Native Americans. A mm-hmm. couple of the people that he found out were survived or knew survived from that tribe and adopted them, but then didn't tell them the story of who they were necessarily, oh. or like didn't like basically just like you're part of my family now. We're gonna try and forget that part of your history. So it's kind of like similarity to that. Like he probably felt some guilt. And he's trying to change the narrative of what he took part in. It's something, a terrible travesty. He's trying to wrong, write that wrong in his own way. But you, you know, being part of it can never truly write that wrong, right? And I, and I think for Jessica Mendoza, she has like a conflict of interest because she works for the Mets too. Yeah. And she works for, she works, she's working in party. She's working in, in, in cooperation with MLB Baseball. She, do, she doesn't want to do anything yeah. that's going to... That's going to challenge the code of the game because that's a big part of baseball is the code. Hmm. So I'm just upset because the players hadn't been. Well, what are they using? How are they using the technology so they were, to they cheat? Were using, like, they were using the drones. What are they, they doing? They were using a camera that they placed, like a hidden camera, where it could steal the signs. So right? they had a, yeah. they had a it camera. It's like at the catcher when it gives the pitcher the signs. And then somebody, that it had a real-time oh, relay wow. to their dugout in their little back room. And somebody would bang on the trash can. 
whenever uh, a certain a pitch certain would pitch become, so they wouldn't be able to be like, so hey, this is, listen. this is dead red, this is fastball, mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? Or this is going to be off-speed pitch, so don't swing at this one, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Or be looking off-speed. Wow. Basically, just tipping them off. It's like insider trading. And then someone banging on a baseball bat against something gives them the sign. Yeah, you could hear it. Boom. And then, well, the, 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 the next layer to it was that they were actually using buzzers, so like little buzzing devices that had like that some radio remote cyber. control. To where they could buzz it and they'd feel a little buzz on their hand or on their on their well, chest underneath yeah under their clothes to be like anytime you get a buzz it's fastball right? this game what? anytime you get a buzz it's gonna be off speed pitch did you see jose yeah. Tuve after he hit that yeah he's know, like don't take my shirt he, off yeah after he hit the game with a home run in the playoffs to go to world series he was yelling as he's running base yelling to his teammates don't take my shirt off he's like, and he's serious and he's like don't take my shirt off and then he's holding his shirt the crazy thing is he's holding oh, his shirt man he just hit the game-winning home run. They're going to World Series. Team's out there celebrating, throwing, and he goes straight to the dugout. Oh, man, that's really scandalous. Yeah, yeah. For a baseball to take a hit like that now. Well, it's interesting because Boston's being, you know, called out for some stuff that's un, unsavory use of a video uh, video footage also. And the fallout is they, they basically lost two years, the first and second round draft picks, which is, like, not a big deal. Right. I think that was the main thing. And then their, their GM and manager got uh, suspended for the whole season, this and upcoming the season. Fired them. And then the owner just fired both of them. And then wow. they got fined some money. But there's nothing that's going to stop them from being able to be relevant in the next future seasons other than the fact that they lose a couple of draft picks. So you agree then? If no, I think that, fo- if it, this was I, a football scandal. It would have been it would've probably been, been worse. It's hard because typically these cheating scandals like with video like the Patriots they lost draft picks and money. Yeah. Um but nobody no coaches were necessarily suspended, no players were suspended from it. That so is true. yeah, it is worse when you have a team who's using some kind of systemic or systematic form of gaining an advantage, you're really actually tangibly affecting the a greater proportion of the fairness of the game versus one player cheating, one player doing PEDs is is helping himself, mm-hmm. which if he's a big part of the team could be a big deal, but if he's there's a lot of guys who cheat and aren't big big deals on their team and they end up just not being good anyways. Mm. One individual taking steroids gets punished harder than if a team is trying to change the actual fair, balanced uh, format that you have that's being that's being adjudicated by the referees on the field. And that's a big deal. That's a great thing. So that team won the World Series that year, mm-hmm. right? The Astros. Like their assistant coach, basically. He got hired by the Boston and Red Sox. he got hired by the Boston Red Sox the next year after that, who won the next World Series. Oh. And they're being investigated now. For having a clubhouse uh, video... Camera, yeah, yeah. They also had a camera and an Apple Watch. Like Mike Fires is 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 no angel in the situation, but I give him credit for coming out and be like, bro, this is like this is what's going on. Our games being basically starting to be controlled by motherfuckers using technology to like manipulate every game, and and the game is like gonna suffer. Like that's one thing that's gonna make the game suffer. Like baseball is dealing with a lot of shit already. <laughs> it's already dealing with the fact that like motherfuckers are getting hit hit in the head and getting permanent brain per- permanent brain damage. Like that two year old kid. You oh. got the pace of play is slow, so you got people like becoming less and less interested in it. And less then, black people in the game. Less right? black people in the game. <laughs> See, this, this is where I think this is exactly where I think baseball is like. Man, I wish we had more brothers in the game right now because we could have one of them say something off top and we could dis- distract everyone from this whole scandal because to be like, mm. oh look at Yasiel Puig acting like a nigga, even though he ain't a real nigga. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But Yasiel Puig, they sent him to Cincinnati and all of a sudden now they can't they can't bank on him acting like a nigga in L.A. or in Miami mm. because he over here in Cincinnati being real cold and frigid around <laughs> around a bunch of white people like Dave Chappelle. What are you talking about? He was still he got in a couple fights. Baseball needs this not to happen mm. because baseball is already it's on the precipice of being like a dying star or a dying yeah. sport like boxing, right? I think it has enough legacy 
and enough infrastructure to where it's gonna be okay mm. because it because it represents a, a wholesome side of America. I was talking to Jason. Shout out Jason Neely sponsorship. I was talking to him about like what each sport represents in our society's makeup, and baseball represents a core foundational component of just like the center of what and America represents. That's really interesting represents. how you compared it to a dying star like boxing because a lot of people feel like they got disinterested in boxing because it was a rigged sport, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you don't want that. You say that. Yeah. We got yeah, we got some feedback I asked on t- Instagram. What what do you think should happen? Do you think that the Astros were punished enough? And we got 50-50 back and forth on that saying that it, they, they thought it was fair versus not enough. Um, but a couple people thought that they should, you know, either some of the players should be suspended. Um, another person responded saying that they think that there should be um, more draft picks should have been taken away or potentially disqualified from, like, playoff contention was another thing. I personally think they should have a hard salary cap for the next several seasons. Hmm. Like, you, like you, if you're not going to suspend the players, you put a hard salary cap. So they're not going to be able to keep this core. Yeah. They're not going to be able to afford this core, right? So you're, you're, you're penalizing them in that your window is now, and if you guys don't win in the next, like, two, two years, you guys are not going to be able to afford to keep everybody here or you guys are going to be taking pay cuts to stay here. And no other team in baseball has a salary cap. But if you were to put a salary cap on a team as a punishment, I think that would actually be a very interesting way of curtailing people from doing stupid shit or trying to cheat. So that's what I think they should do. Put a salary cap on them. Give them a hard cap of, like, the Oakland A's budget that they got. Be like, you got to play with the Oakland A's budget <laughs> for the on. next 10 years. Like, no! <laughs> like, no! <laughs> Quick hitters is our popcorn segment. Where we just pop in, uh, give a take, give it, say a joke, ask a question. Uh, let's get to our quick hitters. Quick hitters. Quick, quick, quick hitters. Our first quick hitter, rapper Frizzy, breaks the Guinness World Record for rapping 31 oh, hours in a row. Shit. <laughs> He received five-minute breaks every hour and had two doctors on standby to make sure he didn't have any issues medically. He broke the existing record by L.A. rapper named Alvarez, who also had broken Murs' record before that of 24 hours. Whatever happened to the days of breaking records just by doing something without trying to break it? Man, what happened to the days of just rapping good? <laughs> what just about long. quality, right? Just, just good quality rapping, huh? How about some of that? Shout out to Frizzy for going out to a mall and acting like a spoken word motivational speaker for 20, 31 straight hours. I would love to hear some of that <laughs> shit that he said, right? I got some right. Oh, damn. Dude, shout out to Guinness World Records for trying to keep itself relevant by selling any title it can create. Put it on the mic there, put it on the mic. You know, like the other two, this is what it do. Then it's going on, I'm about to break the record. I feel I'm going strong, I get it wrong, get it He's right. He's keeping it very monotone. I'm about to sit in when I'm rapping, man, it's all good. Then they tell me I'm the dog, oh yeah, man, it moves. And those are the highlights. Did the Jets just send a Guinness Book World Records for listening to the shittiest yeah. rap songs? Shout out to the real hero, the security guard at the mall that kept that motherfucker open for 31 so straight hours. To allow that right? nigga to sit there and motivationally speak about what he's doing in that present moment. 
I'm out here standing in my shoes looking at you. What you doing? You staring at me. What it be? I'm out here rapping. I'm trying to be tapping. Judge and the security guard should get a lifetime supply of uh, ice cream at least from the uh, Mars. I'm sure. Well, no, uh, should they get? Should they get a lifetime? <laughs> should, should they get anything positive, or should we blame them for allowing this to happen? They were just doing their I job. Walked, I'm not gonna lie. If I would have been there, I would have walked out after the six. After the six hour, I'd have been like, "Dude, I'm just gonna give you the record and say you got it." Hey, shout out to Frizzy sponsorship. Come on our show. Go, go home. <laughs> don't don't tweet. Don't call. Don't text. <laughs> Not into this time. Just act like hours. you was there. Leave your phone in here. Go we, back to ball. We, we, we gonna take a picture right now. <laughs> it's like we gonna, they gonna be like, oh, he must have been there. His phone records say he oh, was yeah, there. Yeah. We gonna take a picture Damn. right now and make it seem like we're the same clothes, <laughs> sleeping them, and then come back. Shout out to Frizzy. I have a great artist that you can collaborate with. It's my boy Chatana. <laughs> Chatana. It's my boy Chat Stevens. <laughs> Hey, that, shout that. out to Talking for 31 Straight Hours sponsorship. <laughs> he should just did people's songs. He should just went down the list. I don't think this nigga got his own songs to do. <laughs> other people's songs. Murs did like a medley of songs, actual songs from other artists, yeah. which he actually rehearsed and it was like a, it was like work put into it. It's was, it was in the article I read. Shout out to XXL Magazine sponsorship. But this dude just went up there and was like, can I tell you what I'm doing? There's a Jamba Juice on the second floor. Did you see the map? It tell you what's the haps. I don't Go even to think Cinnabon. it sounded that good, Jerry. Mm-hmm. No, it sounded better than him. <laughs> I was like, You're did he... actually talking about stuff that <laughs> at least other people, if he, if he was doing that, other people be like, all right, now I know where to go to get my jumbo juice. Hey, where's Cinnabon at? Right back. <laughs> I was like, where the Forever 21 at? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Antonio Brown comes out this week with a Instagram live video from his own feed of him berating his baby mama of three children slash former <clears throat> housemate slash former harem mate and the police in Hollywood, Florida about her trying to take one of his Bentleys. On top of that, Antonio Brown has continued working on his music videos and music career. And on top of that, Drew Rosenhaus released him of his contract because <laughs> Drew Rosenhaus says, this nigga needs help. She's trying to take the, your kids to school. Man, just let the girl take the kids to the school. Like, come on, man. Shout out to Antonio Brown for not being able to say, hey, yeah, go ahead and take the car. Drop them off at school since they're my kids and I want them to get educated. But seeing as I talk ignorant, they don't really need to be educated. But go ahead and take them to school. If you don't return in an hour, I'm calling the police saying that you didn't bring the car back. That's all you had to do. Or even I'm going to call an Uber. He didn't even suggest that through the whole parade. Like, I'm going to call an Uber. You go take the kids. Yeah, he could have did that. Come back, come back. The kids don't have to see this mess. Mm -hmm. Go, and then we'll continue this mess after you drop the kids off. Because obviously the kids relate to school. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think the kids went to school. Shout out to Truancy Sponsorship. (laughs) Yo, kids. We're in front of you calling your baby mama all kinds of names baser, and motherfucker and a baser <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> the motherfucker had the nerve to be like, his kids run across the street to the mom. He's like, you, I love you, poppy. I love you, I, poppy. I love you, man. Doing daddy love you. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> exactly how it sounded. Hey, poppy, you see, you see, you see that little car you going in? Policeman got a little car, not like, not like, not like your dad, right? She trying to take the Bentley. That ain't her life. That ain't her life. This is my life. Black versus white. She living in a hotel. 
You're letting your dad, your son get in a police car instead of just like. Yeah, that's, that's it right Uber. there. Stop just calling him a damn Uber. What about just drive the damn kids yourself? Like, Bro, you know, yeah. I'll, drive. I'll take him to school because you know what? I ain't got no job. Look at him. You ain't playing nowhere. He's like, nah, man, I leave my house. I got a, I got a whole lot of money I got to rap about. Shout out to Drew Rosenhaus for being a despicable human being for realizing that your client needed help and calling him out for it. He said he texted him before and he wasn't answering him back. That's why Antonio Brown has a habit of not responding until you put it on social media for some reason. That's why he put it on social media. I'm not. He didn't terminate the contract. He said, I'm not working with him until he gets help. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Antonio Brown, what does he do? Sends out the text messages that Drew Rojas sent him. And they look like he was really trying to help him. And Drew Rosenhaus, for everything he is, for you call him whatever you want, he's a sleazy little slimy agent. He is. But the one thing he does for his clients is he, Shannon Sharp said this, and he said exactly everything. He said, he rides with you until the wheels fall off. He said, you'll be sitting in the car with Drew Rosenhaus, wheels gone, engine gone, and sitting on the side of the road. He'll be there with you until the wheels fall off. He said, Antonio Brown, you, if you burnt that bridge, that's a bridge that's hard to burn. He got let go from a $30 million contract if he had just been able to sit still, still and be quiet for 24 hours. Think about it. Think about it. His agent, $1 million an hour. His, more than $1 million an hour if you just sit down and shut the fuck up. His agent <laughs> still didn't leave him for that. He didn't leave him yeah. until... Drew Rose, he took money off Drew Rosenhaus' account. Yeah. He took food off his plate. He did, and he never off left his him. Table. He didn't leave him until he said he wasn't responding to him. He kept trying to contact him. He wasn't doing anything. Well, so. he's, trying to, he's trying to be a rapper now. He's trying to be like Frizzy, rapper 31. You know yeah, what? That would be fun. 31 hours of... What's this? Song? If you tell him it's gonna be on Instagram Live, he'll do it. <laughs> yeah, damn. He'll be like, wait, song? wait, you gonna put me on Instagram Live and ask me to rap for thirty-two straight hours? I do it. I get a whole lot of money. Well, see, see, the woman that he was kicking out of his house is a woman that he also was trying to make live all in the same house with his other baby mamas and all raise all the kids of all the women that he had been with and that he had oh, baby yeah. mamas all together as like a fa- one big family. Oh wow! But he wasn't gonna stay there. Well, he didn't need to stay there. He could leave whenever he wanted. Oh. This whole thing was he wanted baby mamas to move in together so they could all raise the kids together. Yeah. Wow. Which, number one, as a as a as a as a as a, mo- as a mother as a woman, like, fuck no. Just because because unless I know this person as a friend and has the same values and ethics system or morality, whatever, all the things you that go into, your back into nurturing your, somebody. Yeah, poison your yeah. Eyes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> not, and then not to hard. mention like women women are totally like are very different. In the way they conceptualize the present and the future, someone would have gotten poisoned. Yeah, clearly well, like, he has mental issues. Also, like some of the baby mamas might have just been like one night stands where they got pregnant and they was kind of crazy and of not course. like. And you want them against your someone other kids? Someone would have gotten poisoned. Stephen King. What? Stephen King. I know Aaron's read some Stephen King books because his older sisters gave him the books when he shouldn't have had them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you do? What do you do? Let me hear this Stephen King tweeted out this week, I would never consider diversity in matters of art. Only quality. It seems to me that to do otherwise would be wrong. Shout out. Sponsorship. What was this reference to, Jared? Stephen King tweets out this week, I would never consider diversity in matters of art. Only quality. It seems to me that to do otherwise would be wrong. Dude, that could have been anything. It could have been... He's a little crazy. He's like that intellectual crazy. Yeah. He's on the level of crazy, for sure. For sure. Like, he read his books? <laughs> yeah. He's intellectual crazy. No, I think, I think it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing because he's like, he, he holds like a very like iconic piece of American culture in his writings, right? 
with horror and and his movies turned into film beyond his books but for him to be somebody who is pushing a certain i guess not necessarily narrow minded but to take the key word of diversity and then dispel the importance of it is is i guess important if you i think i think what he's trying to say in that tweet correct me if i'm wrong mm-hmm. about creating diversity amongst a, a storyline that you're trying to tell mm-hmm. right the creative process like if you're telling a story about these five let's say beautiful um, white women by five white people from middle america right? going to a cabin in the woods in and a remote this, area and if the story doesn't include any black people in it do i gotta now include a black person into that story in order for it to be diverse i think yeah. it's what he's trying to say right am i crazy or what Maybe. Yeah, I think so. That's what I took it as. That's what I said. What was the reference? Because I thought it had to do with that's what he was more referencing because it came out for the, about the Oscars. Mm. And I thought he was referencing, yeah, more of like that. Like, how good is diversity if we are just using diversity just to create diversity and it's not creating realism? Equality, right? like you said. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I think diversity and well, I think diversity is like a keyword that's associated with racial diversity. But diversity in general of like thought and like difference of opinions he and his form of writing and what he was writing about was probably a diversity when it came out which changed and granted like obviously people thought it was good but like i think it seems as though for somebody who who is pushing a form of of art that is at a time probably was not like widely accepted when he first really started to come on the scene and explode it's for him to not think diversity is important seems a little bit like backwards in the thinking kind of like Stephen A. Smith yeah but I don't think he thinks I don't think he's saying Jerry I think you're taking it too uh, past the way he said it's not a race diversity thing he's just talking about I didn't say I didn't say anything about race diversity I'm saying that his diversity was the fact that horror movies smut films all that shit was was like we were very we were very rigid horror movies out when Stephen King came out they already out the Omen was already out the Omen and all that crazy Mm -hmm. ass shit and Portuguese but that shit was a big deal back in the day right actually it was a big deal it was a huge deal it was a big deal and it wasn't widely accepted it wasn't something that was widely easily accepted and for him to become mainstream and become somebody who was synonymous with the genre and for a lot of his books become movies is like that's like one of those things where like you like you you were like a Larry Flint to some degrees like you made I, you I made it put him there I'm now. not saying he that was artistic well Aaron Aaron nothing nothing's the biggest I mean, point Alfred, right you're acting like it was accepted because Alfred Hitchcock was all about horror in that that genre so it was it was mainstream it was already mainstream Alfred Hitchcock but what was he doing he he all he showed was one of the famous most horror movies yeah. ever. Yeah, he showed he showed a Psycho. knife. He showed a knife in a hand doing this. And that's all because, you saw. And then you saw somebody screaming. And then you saw knife in a hand doing this. But at the time, at the time, that was considered yeah. horror. That, but that was hard. But when did Alfred Hitchcock come on? When was that able to be it was like seen? But when was it able to be seen? It wasn't like on mainstream television. It wasn't a that was, mainstream that was a thing. Mainstream movie. It was different. It was diverse. It diversified the culture. He was the biggest director. It was diversifying the culture. You know, I think his talk is about artistic things. Like, mm. do you put artistic values and artistic things over diversity, right? Yeah. Like, he don't see why. Like, it should be art art over diversity. He didn't, he didn't say nothing about race. I mean, his opinion is diversity, to be honest. I mean, the, the, the thing about diversity is we can't think that mm. diversity means we're just thinking left. Diversity of opinion matters, too. You know? And that's the opinion he had. No, I don't dis- completely disagree with his opinion. I just think a lot of people took it as racial diversity, and then people got mad about that. But I think there's also something to be said in the fact that, like, 
if the constraints of who is judging what is right or wrong or what is good and what is not good is not diverse and it doesn't have an openness to diverse array of of possibilities then you lose out on a lot of opportunities to have an expanding narrative or a growing diverse array of 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 expression and art and that influences culture yeah. so like when you have like dictatorships or you have people who are like not accepting and, and, and prioritizing things that be more valued and, and, and easily accessible, then you have a less diverse base for people to be exposed to, and thus you have a less diverse community, you have a less diverse mentality in your society. So I think that's 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 where it lies. I think, honestly, he could have said it differently and just been like, quality of the content is, is the most paramount, adding... You yeah, know, he could have, but he didn't, and it's, didn't. it's a diversity of opinion. If we're gonna if uh, we're gonna celebrate diversity, we have to celebrate everyone's diversity. That's, that's fine. Opinion. No, that's what that's what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not I'm not shunning him for saying it, but I think it's interesting because I think the anti-diversity is diversity. Is what you're saying, Aaron? I'm saying that diversity isn't just one-sided. It isn't just yeah. for it. Just it isn't just and the popular opinion. And that's why it's so brilliant the way he wrote it, because mm-hmm. he wrote something that if you if you go against what he's writing, then you're not really for diversity. You're not opening, yeah, you're not being open. So that's why it's so diversity. brilliant that he wrote that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, let's see how stupid y'all millennials are, whoever want to argue against mm-hmm. this. Because if you're going against what I'm saying, yeah, you're against maybe. diversity. Because you True. can easily interpret it like that. But what if what if the objective of one form of diversity is to constrict? Diversity. But notice he's using diversity, not the word equity. But no, but so, so here's here's where philo, 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 uh, philosophy and the real world, real world dynamics and power structures come to conflict. It's because, yes, and a lot of times like certain leftists or progressive movements are trying to be super altruistic and trying to be super moralistic and not be like, we're going to impose our will. It's changing. And that's becoming a little worrisome. But it's like, why do the good guys in movies try not to kill the villains? Because they're trying to have that moral high ground, yeah. high ground of like we don't kill you, we're not here to kill you, we're here to stop you from doing what you're trying to do, which is impose this negative thing upon mm-hmm. the peoples, right? So like, as much as I analyze what he said as diversity, I'm also analyzing it in a way where like, are you meaning that you don't even want to acknowledge and qualify other forms of growing diversity that you aren't accustomed to that other people aren't accustomed to because you are a white male from this generation that is probably not accustomed to certain He's, forms of diversity listen, man, this guy's wrote a lot of books and language about he, white people he, no but, I'm he saying, but, but he knows how too. to use language yeah and i'm just saying pay attention that he used diversity not equity yeah you know i wouldn't even say I, I just think yeah i think it was important that he used diversity i think it's interesting i would like to him i would like to more get more clarity on what he's meaning because some people took it, yeah, it's like, well, you're not going to write black people into books, or there's not, like, black artists or, or people of color artists writing books you, or you doing that movies. People who read that many books yeah. and write and has a relationship with language like that mm-hmm. are going to use it to fuck with the public <laughs> because they know yeah. the majority of public don't know how to deal with language. Yeah. So he's just having his fun with that's words why I, and messing with the public. That's why I say egregious in multiple ways. <laughs> Come on. Let's get to our Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner shoutouts is an opportunity to complain, rant, vent about something that is pissing you off or someone who is pissing you off. You have the floor to speak on it and talk about it, say whatever you need to say, and lit it off your chest. Cutty Corner shoutouts. Why don't you go first, Jerry? <laughs> it's, 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 it
<laughs> cutty corner shoutouts, cutty corner shoutouts. Aaron, yeah. do you have a cutty corner shoutout? I do. My, uh, it will be shorter than my normal, thanks to the time that we are at right now <laughs> and the hunger that's overgrowing in my body. Uh, my cutty corner shoutout goes out to Brute. Brute is a company. They invest in plastics. They make they make industrial plastics. Some of you guys might notice them. Uh, they make these big old gray plastic trash cans that are usually at schools oh. and different uh, businesses and, you know, a lot of places, a lot of public places. So my Cutty Corner shout-out goes out to Brute Trash Can Company. You know, for not designing a trash can that was softer and that wouldn't be as loud when, when players hit it with the bat to signal what pitch is coming. Maybe if they created one, the Dodgers would have a world championship and I could, you know, be a little happier and relaxed and not as grumpy right now. But that didn't happen. Now, I thought about giving me a credit card shout out to God for having that, uh, also that flood overtake and come over Houston and have, having the hurricane. What was that, Hurricane Andrew? What are you talking about? Andrew uh, was in 92, man. Was Andrew in Miami? In 92. Whatever, Hurricane Sal. Whatever it was called. Whatever that damn hurricane was, I can't. Well, that's like. Whatever hurricane hit Houston in 2017, it caused the whole country. Hurricane Harvey. That was Harvey. Yeah, had the whole country. This nigga was naming hurricanes from Miami. (laughs) From 92. (laughs) Same shit, dude. Andrew, Layla. (laughs) Hurricane Sal. This magic moment. Hurricane. uh, Andrew from 92. (laughs) Hurricane Evangeline. They all the same. We all know why we name the goddamn things. They just a fucking force of weather. Maybe I should change my cutty crush out to meteorologist for naming hurricanes. Why the fuck do we name hurricanes? And now you got me sounding like a fool. You don't see me out here naming every goddamn storm that come through here. I ain't naming that. Hey man, hey man. We should, we should name this drought. This drought should be Drought Fred. But how about Shit. Storm Fred that's coming through? Nah, it's a fucking active nature hurricane. Guess what? You live in certain parts of the country, you get a lot of them. Jesus is from Miami. He knows. Okay. How many hurricanes would you say hit Miami a year, Jesus? A year? At least 10, 12 that get made and That's the that are coming through. 10, your 12 way. hit Miami. I don't want to say hit Miami, but they're passing through to enough to scare people. If they know how to design a city that knows they're going to get hurricanes. Well, why can't you say the first hurricane of the season, the second hurricane of the season, yeah, the third hurricane we season? They got to go to the alphabet. Yeah, we got to go to the alphabet and give them names. You know how long it took for me to figure out that the damn naming had to do with the order of the damn you know, hurricane? The yeah. It's, it's, yeah. We sit here and we name a hurricane, so then they give us reason, that gives, that gives a Red Cross a reason to have people donate blood, which they charge the hospitals for and make billions and billions of dollars. Shitty ass non non, but supposedly a non profit. But we sit here and we name this goddamn hurricane. We name Harvey, and it made everybody all super. Oh man, we got a root for Houston. Houston strong. Houston strong. Little do we know, Houston wasn't strong. The goddamn brute trash can was strong because it was taking all the goddamn <laughs> hits. It was taking all the hits every time. Whack whack whack. All playoff, all season long. That's what's strong. Hey, everyone got all sad. Oh, Houston got flooded out. The motherfuckers built a city in a. Flood zone. Guess what? Miami get hit with hurricane after hurricane after hurricane. I don't hear nobody saying Miami strong. Miami this. No, they know how to prepare their shit. 
But no, we got to be Houston strong back in 2017. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if goddamn Red Cross sent that brute trash can straight to the Houston Astros. That's my Cutty Corn shout out. There's a lot of people got caught out there. I guess it was brute. It was God. It was meteorologists. <laughs> I like it was city planners that don't know how to keep levies and say, hey, let's just keep building, keep building suburbs and flood zones. I like I like Aaron. He he really got going there. He, he, he was heated, man. Yeah, he was able to. You see how agitated he is now. I know. Let's let's make lemonade. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Shout out to all the meteorologists that just pissed off Aaron. Cause we're tired of being the tram donkeys, acting like you some one man GPS. Exactly. Jesus, do you Yo. have a cutty corner shout out? You fucking butchering my name is a cutty cutout, man. I, we, I told, this is the second podcast I'm on. I, I gave him an explanation of how to pronounce my name. We even played that Brazilian guy saying, he was saying, Jesus, you know? Yeah. But this guy's fucking it all up from that. Where are you trying to get it from? It sound more like Jesus than the Gabriel Jesus. If you yeah. listen to FIFA... Gabriel Jesus. Well, we got to hear this shit. It's my cut of car, so you, you just listen there, all right, buddy? <laughs> just sit tight. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Let's see the third time I come out to teach this guy to say Jesus. Jesus or Jesus, buddy? It's not that hard. Or Jesus, all right, if you want to say it like that. You, you'll give him that? Yeah, I'll give him that. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus Christ. He got to the point where he was just like, man, I'm be- it's better than Jose. Like, it's better than Jose, yes. As long as you're not Jose. calling me Jose. Anyways, uh, my other cutty cutout is, uh, what's up with Pete's, man? They got this nice-ass sandwich that they were giving us, the, the turkey warm brie. Ooh, There's not yeah. too many places that you can go and get a good sandwich for six bucks. I mean, you eat this thing in the breakfast, and it, it can last you all the way through lunch very easily. Yeah, if I had one now, I wouldn't be hungry right it's now. It's a very hearty sandwich. And what do they replace it with? This damn turkey sausage burrito. You get hungry after an hour of eating that thing. I mean, it's, it's winter, man. We're, we need more calories. Give us a sandwich that at least is at, at, at that same level, I, you know? I don't get it. Is that too, that's like a good, that's a good what? Uh, at well, it's least, also smaller, that burrito. Yeah, yeah. Like, how much do you think that sandwich weighs? At least half a pound. Is, that sandwich is nice. Yo, there's a lot of turkey in there, a lot of cheese, a lot of... Cranberry and the You know? There's not too many sandwiches that you could eat of that quality for six bucks. Hey, shout out. I'm going to give you a diversity uh, magic moment. This magic moment. Oh, yeah, man. What's a sandwich? <laughs> yeah, you, can't, you can't knock his Cuban vernacular, man. Did I mess up the word sandwich? I, I, I hear you. The info is sandwich. I was like, what is a sandwich? That's a Cuban accent. You're fucking with my accent, bro? That's a Cuban accent. What is wrong with you, man? It's a Miami accent, dude. Why are you fucking up the diversity here of uh, different and accents he here? here get, he over here getting mad at Don't Stephen get mad King. at my diversity. Fuck y'all. Shit. Y'all getting mad at my diversity. I'm being diverse. You getting mad at Stephen King? Based upon your, based upon y'all terms, I'm being diverse. Man, you fuck up my name. Now you fucking me up. I'm being I'm diverse. Saying sandwich. I'm being sandwich. diverse. I'm just giving you a magic moment for the sandwich. <sighs> All right, man. Thank you. Anyways, <laughs> fuck, man. Pete, get your shit together. My second Cutty Corner shout out goes out to Jose Altuve. You know, you, you made me really believe I could have made it to the pros. Being a dwarf. <laughs> Being five foot six for the little man. You was representing for the little man. You had pop. You had power. You had speed. You was tight. You were tight. You were an MVP candidate every year. You were 
and inspiration to the dudes who are not considered because they weren't 5'10 to 6'3 and could throw 90 miles an hour and could, you know, look like they could just hit a home run at any given chance. You were a dude who beat the odds and showed your ability. However, with all this bullshit talk about y'all cheating, using cameras, Aaron let me know that you was batting 130 versus 450 during the playoffs, home and away. It's made me realize that you ain't shit. And if anything, I'm a lobby that any fantasy league I play in, baseball-wise, any player affiliated that used <laughs> those systems, be suspended from the league. Because you, you got my hope up. You made me think that the little man could do it. You know, back in my prime, I probably should have just stayed in and continued to play baseball and try to play at some some school and see if I could get drafted in the 87th round of some draft and play in double-A or single-A ball for five years before maybe I make it up to, you know, steal a base in the playoffs and never make it come again. On, but at least I get one accrued season. Man, you want a tissue, man? This is like some <laughs> shit. Man, back in my prime, man, Jose Reyes, first third speed, baby. Shout out, sponsorship. <laughs> but Jose Altuve... You made that all come crashing down and and that belief that I could have done it, I don't think I could have done it unless I had a camera system and a buzzer <laughs> to at least hit singles and doubles. Well, he's kind of doing you a favor, right? No regrets now, right? Yeah, yeah. Now you have no, no regrets. No, it's no, re- no, 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 no But you know what? He was representing the little man. He was representing... I seen Frank Menacano try and come up. He looked like a square. He was not good enough to be even a rectangle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was bad. He was terrible. He played for the A's. He was garbage. Whatever. Like, I seen little dudes try and do it Little dudes trying to be overpowering. Dan Ugly did it for a couple seasons, hitting a lot of home runs and striking out a lot. But he wasn't good enough to continue to do it. Altuve was was a sign of hope because he was consistent and was doing it for an extended period of time. He had that little camera help. But he had the With camera the help. So, the garbage can. so for, for tainting the, the little guy's name, you get my Cutty Corner shout out. That is our show, my friends. That is our show. Um... Any last words you'd like to say before we uh, head on out? Uh, Aaron, any last words? Go Chiefs. But, hey, man, fuck the 49ers, bro. Can we give you a, a wholesome <laughs> fuck the 49ers? Can we do like a prayer? Uh, uh, Jesus, Jesus. Do you have any kind of like thing we can do, like a ceremony that we could do um, to hopefully, you know, jinx or the just. Hicks. I, I think they're, they're, they're going to lose. I don't think they're going to go. Though. Yeah, I don't, think we, I don't think you have to go too far. That, that, yeah. All that going to get solved on the field. Two Sundays from now. The, the only good thing about this is that we'll be able to make fun of all those 49er fans that came out of the woodwork. We'll be able to go to Black Bear Diner and celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be – if the Niners somehow find a way to win. That's going to be bad. Sad. Dude, it's, this, is, sad this is one of the worst things to happen in sports. Is that they, the Dude, that was one of the most stressful times of my life is them in the Super Bowl. Like when they lost in the, the, in the championship game against Seattle, I was so happy. When they made it to the Super Bowl – uh, the year before that, mm-hmm. I was like so pissed off. I was like, it, oh my it God. It could have been worse. Yeah, it could have been worse. He could have told Nate you was going to watch the game by himself and then him invite like five people over your house <laughs> for that same Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, Jesus. 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 <laughs> All right, Jesus, Jesus, my friend, yeah, amigo. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> do you or your sandwiches have anything you'd like to say before we leave? No, man. Thank you. It was a great show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, Jesus uh, does uh, know some ceremonies. Uh, what would you call them, Jesus? Uh, what? Uh, my experiences, ayahuasca ceremonies. Ayahuasca ceremonies. Um, that we could talk about next time I come, for sure. Yeah, next time we want to chat with uh, Jesus. So next time you hear Jesus on the show, we're going to chat about... <laughs> he said your name three different times. <laughs> we're going to talk to Jesus about his uh, the ayahuasca ceremony 
and uh, explore more about that because because it's something that I think is really interesting that I'm interested in trying eventually. Especially Oakland decriminalized it. Oh really? Yeah. Dope. Yeah. Let's yeah. Well, next time you're on, we got to talk about that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's gonna be interesting. Yep. And it's just being used for therapeutic. Therapeutic. Yeah. Uh, uh, People using it for therapeutic reasons to fight depression. Yeah. Fight PTSD and shrooms too. In case the 49ers win the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I might. Need, we might need to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, that's that's dope, man. That's interesting. Yeah. But you know, there's there's negative side effects to it too that we can go over. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, because I think that's something that I know other people who have have heard about it and they sound really interested about it, mm. but they also have questions and I'm like, concerns, yeah, well, definitely. Yeah, that'd be a cool thing. All right. Well, next time you're on, we'll, we'll definitely uh, chat that up and we'll, yeah. we'll get you on soon enough. Um, but thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate for sure. you. It was fun. Um, and, uh, thank you for listening to our show. We hope you enjoyed our content for today. Please, uh, check in with us on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, uh, engage with us, send us your questions, your fan mail at highscore510.fans at gmail.com or send us something on Twitter and uh, Instagram if you have any questions or comments or things that you think would be interesting for us to talk about. But otherwise, have a great week. Happy MLK Day. Shout out to my Chinese brethren sponsorship. And we will leave you with this. Is this it? This is what I got all those ass whoopings for. I had a dream once. It was a dream that little black boys and little black girls would drink from the river of prosperity, freed from the thirst of oppression. But lo and behold, some four decades later, what have I found but a bunch of trifling, shiftless, good-for-nothing niggas. And I know some of you don't want to hear me say that word. It's the ugliest word in the English language. But that's what I see now. Niggas. And you don't want to be a nigger. Cause niggas are living contradictions. Niggas are full of unfulfilled ambitions. Niggas wax and wane. Niggas love to complain. Niggas love to hear themselves talk but hate to explain. Niggas love being another man's judge and jury. Niggas procrastinate until it's time to worry. Niggas love to be late. Niggas hate to hurry. Black entertainment television is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Usher, Michael Jackson is not a genre of music. And now I'd like to talk about soul playing. I've seen what's around the corner. I've seen what's over the horizon. And I promise you, you niggas have nothing to celebrate. And no, I won't get there with you. I'm going to Canada. What is it? What was your most ghetto experience at a club before? My most ghetto see, experience I at a nightclub. No, your I'm not gonna be anything Miami, club. bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna, if if y'all don't know, so, so sorry, sorry, we didn't really reintroduce. Um, so Jesus, uh, <laughs> 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 I sound like trying to speak French. <laughs> Jesus.
Jesus. Jesus, fine, fine. We'll go with that. <laughs> All right, so our homie. Did we play that video of that guy saying that? Yeah. Jesus, um, also known as Jesus, um, is from Miami. He's a, a friend of the show. Um, he's our resident East Coast Miami expert. Um, <laughs> born and raised. He's our Caribbean expert also. Born and raised. Um, yeah, born and raised. Miami so, is part of the Caribbean, all right? Speaking of craziest nightclub incident why'd I've you, had. Why'd you say you're not going to beat one of his stories? Because he, number one, he's, he's, he's older than me. He grew up in Miami. Yeah. And, and, and from what I've seen on the first 48, from what I have seen. <laughs> on cops. <laughs> on cops. From, what I, from just generally what I've seen on a Florida man, I know that it don't go down it the same Florida, way. It is Florida, right? Miami is part of Florida. It's part of Florida. So shit, go, shit it goes so you know bonkers, right? Um, so it's, 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 it's not even trying to compare, you know, but I, I'm so sure of it. So I'm willing to put it on the, on the podcast right now. So. Yeah. I haven't been party to anything <laughs> crazy. Wait, does outside the club count? Well, at my story is the actual establishment doing yeah, the ghetto it's, it's, shit. It, oh, <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, so, is this the one that had a horse come in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here it is. Wait, a horse? <laughs> so I was already living in Cali, but I went over there to visit and, uh, I was hooking up these two people that I know, this Puerto Rican girl and this Puerto Rican guy that I knew. And I'm like, hey, you're both Puerto Ricans. Why don't you hook up? And whatever. We went out and we went to this club inside Coconut Grove. And Coconut Grove is like a very touristy place. So I didn't mm. think it was going to be ghetto. It was going to be a safe bet, you know. So we go to this club. Oh, my God. It's so ratchet. I'm like, where the hell these ratchet people came mm -hmm. from? They're not tourists. I know these are all local <laughs> Miami people. It's like it went downstairs into like a basement, no window. It was just really crazy. And I was like, what the hell? What the hell? Where are these people come from? So I'm like, it's one of those clubs you go in and you got to watch your back, you know, mm -hmm. like the whole time. The club ends, right? They play all this, you know, fabulous West Coast gangster music, all this crazy stuff. And then they cut the music off and they start playing really crappy techno music. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like really weird, crazy. And I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. And everybody's leaving the club like in a hurry. Yeah. And me and my friends and, and the other person there, I'm like, we're looking at each other like, what the hell's going on? My, meanwhile, us, while some really drunk ass people are the only ones left on the dance floor, they start spraying pepper spray into the fucking club the bouncers <laughs> bouncers have head bandanas over their fucking faces and they're spraying pepper spray into the fucking sky to get people out but everybody's leaving though why did you, they? The, but there was a few dumb motherfuckers like us figuring out what the hell's going on. i'm like why are they putting that music on you know everybody knew like the regulars just, knew to fucking run why out don't the they door. just tell you to leave and no if, you if they would have said if they would have got on the microphone say hey it's time no, for you to leave because i've been in miami before uh -huh. where, while the club shut down like that and fights break out oh yeah. that's why they were doing that bouncers have like fucking bandanas and masks and you're just but you ever breathed in pepper spray is like the worst shit we I just heard. ran out of there we ran out of that club coughing it was horrible we went outside and everybody was gone it was just whew. 